0: the hello
1: everybody you're listening to the chartographers music loving podcast music loving people uh, fun fact we just ranked all the Weezer albums did you hear that episode? it was great it was surprising some Pinkerton fans are very upset and they're going to send mean tweets at Taryn which is funny because he's not, not on, on Terran, exactly. <laughs> so it's great. So, what uh, now, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> so listen, it's Evan Sade, it is Terran O'Reilly, it is our very special, wonderful guest, Bilal Dardai, here in studio. Bilal, thank you for being here, as always. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me back after yep. the last five minutes. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the whole week that passed. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we're clearly so far apart from each other. More importantly, though, uh, we're doing a happy hour mini on Weezer. It's free-forming, free-falling, however we want to talk about it. <laughs> Most importantly, though, let's talk about the thing we talk about in the sort of every happy hour mini guys and this is a smorgasbord of possibilities, what's the worst Weezer song? <laughs> the
2: Greatest Man That Ever Lived, Variations on a Shaker Hymn. I mean, it's it's a really obvious choice. There are
0: plenty of other choices, yeah. but that's just Listen like... like the it's beach,
1: it's so... boys.
0: Yeah, Yeah, but, it's
1: Ah, uh, this, this 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 is the hardest one we've yeah. ever had to do.
0: Yeah, because I'm looking at it, and, and like I said, in the, you know, in the episode, I'm like, uh, the, tripping the, down the freeway. It's the one. It's the, I mean, I've forgotten them. Yes. So, like, I mean, so hey. it's it's kind of like a like a you know thirty way tie for all the songs that I've forgotten. <laughs> um, that but they, they, they choose, they just didn't stick with. That's, me. I will
2: say, I will say, for the most part, there's just a lot of boring songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and there are some bad lyrics, but mm-hmm. there aren't. There aren't too many songs we were like, "Oh, holy shit! Mm-hmm. Like this is some Naomi Elizabeth level like terrible, garbage. yeah, mm-hmm. like actual garbage." We There's not a ton some of, of Naomi that. Elizabeth later. So let not.
1: Some... <laughs> <laughs> you mean the self-made pop star? That's so much fun. Um, Rivers could write a song for her. Yeah, I don't. I mean, where's my sex? Is up there. Yeah, where's my sex? Is pretty bad. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't, it's just literally. I feel like you could just take gratitude. Pearly, Pacific Daydream and the White Album. Just put it on a dartboard and just like you throw really it. really
2: hate the White Album. I I think that there are three songs on the White Album that are better than anything on Pinkerton. Yeah. Like I just
0: I, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't put White Elm on the dartboard. I wouldn't follow you there.
1: Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're kind of in a nice little middle ground. There. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you also wanted to talk about a lot of the Weezer's visual elements. Oh sure. Yes. Yeah. Well, the videos are iconic.
0: Yeah, but I think also part of it is Rivers Cuomo as a being, <laughs> like as as a character in his own you know. And his rock- brother. Yeah, yeah, in his own in his own rock
1: career, and yeah. his brother leaves, yeah, right. <laughs> oh God, his parents were hippies. Well, I
2: mean, it's just like River Phoenix, and what was and
1: Joaquin, and uh... well,
2: he changed his name to Joaquin because it used to be something in really? a similar vein. Really, yeah. even
0: even wow. Yeah. And you it to was that?
2: it was like you know, yeah. fire the, or,
0: su- sky like it's or summer. Something. Right?
1: Summer, right? Summer's his sister. Yeah. Summer Phoenix. Maybe? That sounds yeah. about right. Which yeah. Summer Phoenix actually sounds kinda of badass. That sounds yeah, yeah, like exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. an X Men. I,
0: mean, I, I so honestly as like, you have the last name Phoenix, there's a lot of limitations. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean the visual element though, I feel like especially when you have Buddy Holly, which is I mean, little it's a Buddy Holly Just taking place in the Happy Days music video. It's about right. as white as you can get. Right.
2: Didn't someone who was telling us about their friend that thought that like, there was a different Weezer from the, the 50s because they were on Happy Days. Oh, like, they, they feel
1: that was one of your friends. You were telling me that. It was not something I told you. I feel
2: like. I think maybe it
1: was Allie. Anyway, yeah. anyway. Uh, uh, but yeah, the, yeah, which is surprising. Mm-hmm. But like the thing is, Spike Jones. I mean, they worked with a lot of great video directors back in the day. Spike Jones did the video for Buddy Holly as well mm-hmm. as Undone the Sweater song, right? Which, which is, is
0: which is fascinating because it's 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 just the band playing, and then the dogs appear. Yeah, yes. you know, and like and that's like and that's an um, that's the simplicity of that is like especially for Spike Jones, who I think of as like you know somebody with very intricate visions, mm-hmm. and it's just like no, it's just a well shot band playing video. And then here's a herd of dogs.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, also, it's not just a well-shot band playing video, because if you pay very close attention, like, the drummer is not playing the drum parts. Yeah. Like, one
1: of the, like... At one point, Rivers is just strumming it without actually holding the chords. Right, huh. he's just, right. Like, he's just he, yeah. like,
2: he's playing the guitar, but not really. Like, there's a saying. lot of elements like that where it's like they're not actually playing the song they're so, but, yeah, but they're being very something. but
0: they're being very clear that they're not yeah,
1: right yeah yeah. but more importantly though like they gained a lot of fans through that and I feel like a lot of people identify it's like look at this band here's a bunch of right. like nerds like beer belly yeah. washout kind mm-hmm. of like people and they're making great yeah, catchy but they're, but they're, like, fucking full sh- cut well and yeah. they're
0: shredding like the guitar it's yes. like and they're really hitting those drums hard it's- and
1: that's part of the reason why during Pinkerton's promotional cycle he was like no clever videos we can't have any clever videos whatsoever he was like defiant mm-hmm. about that and then eventually the album wasn't selling as well, so they finally gave in, and Mark Romanek directed the clip for uh, El Scorcho. For sure, right? Yeah, which is fun and goofy and wacky.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: like, I just like he like I want to be defined by more than that. And then he kind of one screen album came around, like okay, well it has sumo wrestlers. Exactly. In opinion, right. Because you know why not? Yeah. Yeah. So and then after that, I can't think of any other like great losers. Well, yeah, I mean, we even watch them. Well, yeah, I mean, there's I mean, like Fisher has, the, Keith Muppets, has the, Muppets, the Muppets, so let's switches. you know, let's be real. But I think, yeah. like,
0: you know, like, like, I mean, but it gets into this, uh, the thing we were talking about earlier about like his facial hair and like mm. how. Well, and also I would say like, like, there's videos in for White Album where it's like, you look exactly the same. He doesn't like age. what what Paul Rudd Keanu Reeves fountain are you Pharrell? drinking from? Yeah, right, you know. He is a vampire, right? right. There's the album cover Dorian Gray.
2: <laughs> it's called Juvederm, <laughs> and it's true. this really great thing that you can get really easily in LA. Yeah, it helps oh. you it can, your from skin. one of those
1: LA girls they keep hearing about. <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: Do so, you have a sponsorship with Juvederm? Is that why we're having no? <laughs> <whole> conversation? No, <laughs> oh, we
1: have a sponsorship with Juvederm, skin cleaner of the century? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's more not more what the... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I really don't care. It's, yeah. it's like Botox. Oh. It's like an injectable. Okay. Yeah. Also, we're not sponsored by Botox, so don't get it. Uh, but I'm just curious about your college experience as well, because okay. you talked about how in 1996, sure. you, this is how you kind of got into things there. Yeah. But also, uh, you have come from a family from very different backgrounds as yep. well. Yep. So did you ever feel, I mean, when you're in a U.S. American college, <laughs> you yeah. feel like there's a lot of things that are just going to be flung upon you culturally. Sure. So I, I went to
0: college uh, downstate University of Illinois okay. um, in Urbana, and... And we'll say uh, Urbana had a really like really good like rock band scene at that moment in time. they were like and there's a bunch of bands that, like started to come out of there, and then there's a couple bands that got big and in hindsight, like I'm not sure why, like Hum, you know, like for example, or, it's like <laughs> I it, know Hum I mean, exactly, yes. right? But it's like it's like I like that one song that I can barely remember. If you if you started singing, I was like, oh right, that's that's Hum. Yeah. But like there was like a uh, god, there was a band called Sarge that should have gotten so much bigger. Okay. Uh, it was uh, Elizabeth Elmore. Like had a couple other bands after like um, after that, but like Sarge was Sarge was amazing, and like the, they had an album called "The Glass Intact," which was like uh, just like us, just a hard rockin like three uh, three person outfit. And you know, if you're listening, I loved you, Sarge. Yeah. Um, I'm also brought to you by Sarge. Yes, but like like the Smoking Popes would come through a lot. You yeah, know? okay. Think, like, so sense. so it's like punk so rock. exactly. Yeah. It, was so, well, it was kind of like a poppy punk type thing. Yeah. Like um, but you know not like pre-Blink-182 punk pop.
1: Yeah. It's um, weird how for me, like, I re I like, every once in a while back when I worked at Barnes & Noble, I pulled, I every, during my lunch break, I'd pull up, like, an alternative press or another magazine or whatever, and, like, it's fascinating how many bands cited Enema of the State as, like, an influential album for phew. them. Like, truly profoundly, deeply, just, like, it's such a, like, a goofy, you know, like, million-selling uh-huh. pop-punk album, and people identified with it, mm-hmm. like, like well, defined it a lot was, of their life. it's
2: sort of like, the talking heads effect. It's uh-huh. like Mm. not everyone bought that album, but everyone who did started a band. Velvet Underground.
1: Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. What? That was the, that's where the quote initially came from. Andy Warhol talked about how uh, everyone who bought the Velvet Underground's album eventually formed a band. Not all oh. people bought it. But yeah, no Talking Heads works too. Oh, maybe
0: we applied it to Talking Heads in the Talking Heads episode.
1: Yeah, we talked about Talking Heads. Mm-hmm. I, mean, too, it, with... I mean, I mean, to be fair, it might might also it feels like it might have also happened with Talking Heads. Yes. Yeah. I mean, because also they were kind of a niche band. It was fascinating though because I sent it to Taryn, uh, Pitchfork recently came out with their list of the greatest albums of the eighties, mm. and it was interesting. Our friend John Harvey, who was our frequent guest on the podcast, he was like Janet Jackson's Control at number nine, really, and I was like. Let me break it down for you. I'm not sure if I would necessarily agree with Control being at number nine, but it is a significant album for the following reasons. Yeah. Because like I had to really break that down. I would
2: say... to our podcast for more.
1: Exactly. Uh, And also, that was the other thing, though, Taryn, I didn't even realize going into this week, you didn't have much familiarity with Weezer altogether. Oh, no. I
2: knew... I mean, I had listened to the Blue Album, the Green Album. I think... Blue Album, I think we had one of my sisters must have owned it because mm-hmm. that was one of those things where like I put it on the speaker I was like oh I know literally every single one of these songs uh-huh. like I know holiday I know obviously like in right. the garage in the garage is not a song <laughs> well, that like yeah you know it's well, it's fun yeah the weezer fans like it but it's not like ubiquitous like a lot of their hits are right right
0: what's it was like oh wait this is the song that makes this nightcrawler and kitty pride like, Yes, and it's like yeah, it's, you know it's I like yeah kitty pride which
2: it's like i, I remember I my dad too. talking about how much he loved that kitty pride was in a song anyway yeah. um <laughs> So yeah, like I, I had a I was very familiar with Blue Album and then obviously Hashpipe Island in the Sun and mm-hmm. photograph Beverly Hills. And I think that about sums it up. Yeah, like settled. Like I hadn't now. I hadn't paid too much attention to them. So this was a fascinating yeah. journey yeah. um into the mind of Rivers Cuomo. But
1: yeah, an interesting fellow to put it lightly, despite writing songs for the hard rock band Cold with their hit Stupid Girl, as well as B.O.B. with a song. Mm. Magic, because I got the magic in me. When
2: you put that on this week to be like, this is nervous, Cuomo, I was so upset.
1: <laughs> because,
2: first of all, I always thought that song was pretty obnoxious.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And was like, oh, okay, fine, B.O.B. can have another hit. But, ugh.
1: Did you know the Earth is just flat? It's so
2: cloying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah, B.O.B.'s yeah. B- a flat earther now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Ugh>. I... <laughs> Right. That's why he doesn't, why <laughs> right. he's not in the public eye <laughs> anymore. Right, yeah. He lost
1: that it. That'll do it. I know. And he mm-hmm. did a song with Taylor Swift. Do you think that would like sustain him for a while? No, no
2: he no. He launched Bruno Mars. Yeah.
1: Mm. Like, well, Bruno Mars yeah. kind of launched himself a little bit. Well, that's
0: fair. Bruno Mars is kind of the
1: real deal, but yeah. Okay, I'm going to yeah. get on the CharterGraphers Twitter account and ask Bruno Mars hey, do you believe that Earth is flat? I bet he doesn't. <laughs> Just He's, saying, he doesn't seem. Like I mean, a moron. with the size of that pompadour, he believes in curved things. <laughs> <laughs> shrik, shrik. I will say though, I was kind of surprised though because uh, we did ask you to be on this podcast because um, every once in a while, like we have this band that we want to do that we're very excited about, and we eventually like are looking for a guest, and we reached out. And one of the things you were a person who on Facebook liked Weezer, right? As that was interesting, and I reached out to you kind of out of the blue a little yep. bit.
0: Yeah. Well, and Out it of the was blue <laughs> album, right? Yeah, and uh, and yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking back on that, and I'm, and a, a part of it is a quirk of of Facebook when they first introduced the like, uh do you like certain things? Because mm-hmm. like, it was like, hey, here's a list of things, do you like them? And you know, and and like it was like day one of that, and I'm, yeah. uh, I'm like, okay, well here's here like here here's a couple things I know that I like, and I put those in like firmly. I'm like, you know, I like the Godfather trilogy, I like this, I like you know, this band, I like Radiohead, whatever, and. And then after a while, Facebook's like, "Oh, you're actually playing with this. Let's suggest other things for you." And and you put it in front of me, and it's like, "Do do I like this?" Yeah, I guess I like this. Yeah. And so and then years go by, and I've forgotten about it, Mm -hmm. and 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 not thinking that it has any utility whatsoever for me, (laughs) but clearly it had some utility. For you.
1: Yes. But honestly, literally, just yesterday, I was on mm-hmm. Facebook, and randomly, it was just like, I just got a post from Family Guy, because mm-hmm. when you like it, you subscribe to it, I'm like,
0: did I like Family
1: Guy? Exactly. I right? I don't recall liking like, Family yeah, Guy. we all yeah. liked yeah. Family Guy. <laughs> yeah. No, there was, there was
0: yes, everybody had, had it was that moment. It's a different era. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: everybody had that moment. No, and
2: it's, it's funny, too, because we did initially have another guest, one of my friends, that mm-hmm. we were going to... Um, have on this not episode. that Bilal's second rate. No, no, I no, just, no, no, mean, no not it. at all. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Cries. So shout out, shout out, JP. We couldn't quite schedule with her because she has a very busy schedule. But I just want to mention her. Cause, yeah.
1: You know. Shout out. Well, we well, did well, have
2: well. we did have a couple really pretty good conversations
1: about. her. Yeah. But I think Bilal's perspective, especially, was fascinating too. Because oh, again, sure. as mentioned, he's not white. <laughs> uh, and,
2: yeah. and I'm forty. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might. Might be the oldest guy. Yeah, had. Yay. No, wait, wait, just kidding. I can still talk just about kidding. music. That's a big lie. Yeah. My dad has been on the <laughs> <laughs> My Dad my dad yeah. has
1: been on the he's definitely older than you. I know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, but I literally I am curious though, because you are a father, you know, yeah. you uh and your son is how old? He's uh six. Amazing, because yeah. literally I remember the game. day when you gave me your old cat Bootsy yes. Yes. Uh, back in the day uh, Sweet sweet Bootsy mm-hmm. the sweetest and loudest cat in the goddamn universe. So mm-hmm. sweet
0: hey, babe!
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally, that's how I learned of like oh you need a feeding time one time a day because otherwise you're just gonna meow at me for the rest of the day uh-huh. Got it. Yeah, I, I just feel like is it weird for you? I mean because we were talking about a little bit off mic about how ex- in Taking in culture when you're a parent too because right. like for you to do this process of, like, you're being asked to do a podcast about Weezer, so you have to listen to a lot of Weezer albums sure. straight through. It's yeah. a very different experience from kind of the fragmented playlist, let's put this to work kind of thing. Right, right. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. And, and, you know, and a lot of times I was listening to it, like, you know, with my son in the room, and I will say it was kind of the nice thing about Weezer is that, for the most part, I wasn't expecting like, a lot of explicit language. Mm-hmm. Which is something I don't, I, I, I think until you mentioned it right now, I didn't even really think about too hard. I mean, because I think part of it is that, is that any time they do include a swear word, it feels kind of like, you're being naughty, aren't you? <laughs> totally. Right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah it's like, it's, I mean, and it, I think that I think it is part of why, when we were talking about in Troublemaker, like, the, the weird slant rhyme of kiods and Biatch, yeah. it, it also feels a little bit like, like, y- you don't believe that. Yeah. Like, that. that's not something feels, you believe.
1: It feels yeah. like PG.
0: Yeah, it's like you... It, it feels yeah. like it's yeah. still get
1: to play on Radio Disney if they wanted to, you know, mm-hmm. if they really wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because,
0: like, you even feel, I mean, you can feel like in East I mean, I'm tired of sex. It's still, like... I mean, it's a song about having sex every single night and being exhausted by it. But the it's, Adam
1: Sandler story.
0: But, <laughs> oh, God. Thank you for putting that in my head. Uh, <laughs> but it is still, like, he, he says every... Like, Tuesday night, I'm making mm-hmm. Louise. Or, like, you know, he's like... Like, the word making is, like, that. Like, it, it, there's this weird, like, I'm embarrassed to talk about this... There's something about Rivers Cuomo that feels like he's embarrassed to be a rock star. Like, he cannot believe he is one. Absolutely.
2: Yes. There's... Well, the I think that's like part of Like, he suffers why... from a
1: perpetual imposter syndrome, almost? Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah.
2: Perpetual imposter syndrome. And I also think that's part of why I think some of the later albums read almost as desperate. Mm. He's desperate to have a hit. Mm. He's desperate to still be relevant, because... He doesn't have the magic was you know, he was a Dungeons and Dragons kid, like, he was never expecting to have this level of exposure and fame. And so, then once he tasted it, he needed to keep that going because mm-hmm. suddenly that's
1: his career. And I that's actually, dis- how he like measures his worth. I actually disagree with that because I feel like the success of the Blue Album was so sudden and so overwhelming he didn't know how to deal with it. And I think that's part of the reason why it inspired Pinkerton to the way to did. I kind of want to do it like, because I'm not sure if you know this, but Taryn and Bilal are actually licensed psychiatrists as well. I'm not. But uh, we're going to kind Gosh, of like diagnose... Uh,
2: yeah, he's lying. Again. <laughs>
1: uh, we're going to kind of diagnose like what River, Rivers Cuomo's mm-hmm. goddamn problem is because I feel like legitimately like they became so big so fast and the fact that like Pinkerton was such a counter move of like raw confessional, it was gritty, it was all these other things. They wanted to see what else they could do as a band. And I feel like like after they took that five year break because Rivers, like he was so disappointed, and he said in interviews, he put himself out there and it just fucking hurt. It felt like he was being stabbed by his fans. Like it just was like rough for him to even deal with that. That like every album since then has just been him writing as characters as everything else like that. Go ahead. Okay, I will say
2: about the point that I just made. First four albums, that was not true. I think it goes back to that Beverly Hills effect that mm-hmm. that like oh, all of a sudden you have like a world spanning yeah. like it's a completely different audience, and yeah. then suddenly you feel like you need to appease them, and that's where that yeah. sort of
0: came. Well, in. and I think Be- Beverly Hills is, I think, a, a fine like point to to pinpoint right there because it is it is the song that is a combination of bro party song and bridge of like. Of like, let me draw by the curtain a second. It's like, like, why, why are you listening to me say this? Yeah. Like, like, this is all the things I am, and I know I don't belong here. Like, it's very, it, it's this is projection. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And but I think it's it's one of. But I feel like because the song like caught on as a big pop hit, and every you know, and everybody's like out like yelling the chorus at the top of their lungs at every every party they can find. They they it's, like, it's like oh this is the part we just ignore exactly yeah no mm-hmm. especially because it's the bridge and
2: not
1: like the verses right because I, feel I like, forgot about it going into this right mm-hmm. like that's yeah. not
2: that's not part of the legacy of that song no. it's mm-hmm. in the song but that's not what it's not what people think about when they're singing it and I feel like that happens so much with just the songs that get pulled into that like. Mm-hmm white people anthem (laughs) playlist but I
0: think and I think you start I think you see that like it pops it pops up every now and again in his other albums there's just like there's just a moment of like oh there you are there you are again and then and then the pop sheen the pop curtain comes back over i think i think that's what you see in trouble Ma- i think you see it all over the red album frankly i think you see it in Troublemaker. maker i think you see it in pork and beans it's because there's a part of me it's like it's like yeah this this chorus is like it's a total i mean it's a chumbawamba chorus
1: it's it's i'm a
0: doing the things that i want to do it's it's, it's, it's chumbawamba
1: but <laughs> by the way our chumbawamba episode coming up next week. <laughs> wait they have albums yeah <laughs>
0: They're actually a really political band. Also, uh, the
1: song Amnesiac. I love that song Mm, a lot. Uh, Do you suffer from long-term memory loss? I can't remember. I
0: was just going to say that, like, like, because the chorus, you know, it's it's two lines. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do the things that I want to do. I ain't got a thing to prove to you. That is the, you know... The rock anthem part of it. But then it's like, I'm going to eat my candy with the pork and beans. And I, and I still don't know what that means. Yes. It, it just sounds it sounds gross and disgusting. And I also, again, I don't believe he does that. But I think it was him saying, like, you know, this is a disgusting thing, and I will still do it if I want to.
1: But it's hidden behind the rock anthem. Right. Similarly, though, we were talking about the music video for Pork and Beans, which right. integrated all the YouTube stars... For that album, I very specifically remember they had the marketing campaign of quote-unquote the YouTube invasion Mm. where they just agreed to be on any goddamn YouTube channel for 30 minutes.
0: Was 2008 the year... That Time Magazine voted you the Person
1: of the Year. <laughs> with the mirror on the cover. Yeah. For the record, I am the Person of the Year. Well, and you were trip. 2008, maybe. exactly. Yeah. yeah I, know. I, I will look that up later. Subscribe to my vlog. Uh, yeah. But the other thing, though, is I, I remember that because uh, I remember seeing them on the fucking annoying Orange Channel. Mm. Uh, they did that. They were also on Fred Figglehorn, which is that kid with the super high pitched voice that has sped up there. Like they just did. I'm surprised you don't you. Yeah. No, look look, I was part of the YouTube generation, but there's so much
2: content.
0: Yeah, there's you is. can't be aware of all of it. I, I had to I had to look up half of those, like even when I saw the video, where it's like oh okay, that's that's a thing yeah. that I missed. Dramatic, dramatic chipmunk. Yeah, okay. yeah I saw dramatic chipmunk, but like like the kids doing the soldier boy dance, for example, yeah. like oh okay. I, I will say
2: in the Pork and Beans video i got i think like all but one of the references like yeah. those were you th- know what they a Kevin were, all, is. Yeah. They were right. all like pretty yeah mainstream choices mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which again that's just the definition of the entire second half
1: of weezer's career it's just yeah. a lot of mainstream, mainstream choices. choices you know i feel bad about the numa numa kid he just never went anywhere like that was <laughs> that was that was the biggest thing and he had a sequel song, too. Mm-hmm. He had a sequel song, an original song that was made. Okay. With all of his
2: friends. Well, yeah, Rebecca Black had a sequel song, too.
0: Rebecca Black still gets talked about as, you know, like, he's like, you know, interview Rebecca Black, yeah. musician. And yeah. It's like, okay, well, that's that. That happened. Okay. Can I briefly. Well, dis- okay, just okay.
2: briefly, in her defense, she was so. Like devastated by the reaction to her song because mm-hmm. like she dealt with some mental health issues after that right. and, and then was like yeah. right and dropped out of school and then was like well fuck it I'm gonna show them and took like dancing and vocal lessons right and so like and is she an, Perry video is she an incredible performer no but she actually she, she was like if you're gonna mock me for this like I'm mm-hmm. going to make sure I actually have these skills oh, it's which is, I respect that's no, kind of like
0: it's kind of the the, the the sort of the second life of Monica Lewinsky you know because like she's like mm-hmm. she's kind of amazing like when you like listen to her speak yeah like you know? if she yeah. uh, her, she yeah. has a TED talk that's like right. incredible right yeah. yeah. well and so it's something uh, um, like to get back to Pinkerton for a moment no, let's talk like, about Monica Lewinsky <laughs> okay <laughs> well you know same time Ted, <laughs> same, Star, same, you, same, same time period
1: yeah, yeah um <laughs> Uh, quite, quite literally same time. Rivers is the Monica Lewinsky of rock music. <laughs>
0: I don't know what that means, uh, but it sounds about right. Uh, uh, <laughs> but I think that, like, I find myself wondering, like, if the reaction to Pinkerton was a, sa- like, it was. It was as savage as it was, and it led to everything. Like, it led to this Rocky trajectory for the rest of Weezer's career. I, It's hard for me to imagine what it would have been like if social media were quite as, like, volatile, oh yeah, volatile yeah, and viral as, it, as yeah. it is now. I
2: don't
1: think we would have gotten Green Album. Right, would. right. They yeah. would have just
2: disbanded.
1: Yeah. Well, I was reading a little bit, and uh, Stephen Thomas Irwin, of All Music, had a great point about the Green Album, how the Green Album is very much, it has Rick Okasik, it's a color-themed album, whatever. Mm-hmm. It was them trying to, getting back together and recapturing their audience. But the problem was, is that they didn't realize that in those five years since then, Pinkerton had gone from being this social pariah of an album right. into, like, a cult classic. Like, it was because it was the internet age and people were sharing these things and going to college campuses yeah, like, and yeah. like, they like... They, they, well, they were Napstering them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the thing is that they were legitimately getting to the point of, like, this is great. So the thing is, they didn't weren't touring, they weren't putting out new music, uh-huh. but their fan base was growing exponentially. Right. And I remember, for whatever dumb reason, I remember the week that came out and that the album debuted at number four behind fucking Missy Elliott. Debuting mm. and, like, a couple other things, which feels so emblem of wow. the time. Uh, but, like, it's just, like, they didn't need to. They could have just kept going in whatever direction, but mm-hmm. he still feel like he needed to recapture the audience because he had just disassociated from all of that. He just <laughs> didn't need any of that anymore. Yeah. So it was interesting, and now he's a fame whore. He really is, and it's, mm-hmm. like, kind of devastating to he see. He can't stop
2: partying. Yeah. Yeah,
1: no... <laughs> No, he cannot. He's got to have patron. And uh, I would actually recommend for anyone who hasn't listened to it, do listen to uh, the uh, Alone I guess series
2: featuring Chameleonaire. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> so much better. Uh,
1: <laughs> uh, no, but no, uh, the Alone series where he has his demos and things like that. Because like, aside from a couple like weird experiments there, there's some really good songs on there. There's actually one this kind of like self-made full band thing called uh, Lover in the Snow or something like that. And it's just amazing. It's like this amazing pop hook that he has in there that he never shared with the band, and it's just great. It's it's like damn you really were a great pop songwriter and it just got lost in the in the ether there and it's just like kind of depressing
2: as we talk about with like everything will be all right in the end he still can find that right with the right concoction of influences i don't know exactly what that is but he can do that again i think i also remember i forget which band member it was i think it was patrick wilson was talking about how he was really worried about putting out Ratitude. Like, Mm. he did not like it. He didn't like the direction they were going in. And Rivers said, this is just one album of a ton more albums that we're going to put out and they're not always going to be this sound. Interesting. And then he was like,
0: oh, okay, the next one won't sound like this, and got over it. Okay. Well, and so that's, that's interesting, too, because, so in terms of what you're talking about, but like, the gap between Pinkerton and Green Album, like, I mean, that the size of that gap doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. Like, and it, I, I feel like to yeah. their
1: detriment, too, because I feel yeah. like it's one of those things where if you're a band that has, like, an iconic album and you put out another album, like, after a long time, like, oh, yeah. my God, they're finally back. But yeah. then you just keep putting out more albums. I yeah. feel like you're kind of diluting your legacy with each new release. Yeah, because, so I, mean, I mean, it's like, I mean,
0: uh, like, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know where you two stand. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a Fiona Apple fan. But, like, those albums are few and far between. And I love I love when they come out, and I love them, I love them for what they are, too. And it's like, and I do think... That there's something you know in in how she composes
1: that requires that amount of time. Okay, mm. but here's the real question: If you're a Fiona Apple fan uh-huh. and you have Extraordinary Machine on your playlist, uh-huh. what do you have? The album that was released, or the John Bryan version? I managed. I course. managed. I managed to download the John Brian album
0: before it disappeared from the internet. It was, it, and, and I'm still glad I did. It's so much.
1: Better. So much better. So much better. I interviewed him. Oh. When talking about the Lady Bird score. Oh, okay and it was funny because the first 20 minutes we weren't even talking about jack shit and about mm-hmm. like it was just like we were just talking about things talking about how he went to fucking judd apatow's like birthday party and uh john c Riley was there doing his dewey cox character from walk hard and it's just like mm-hmm. it's so bro and fun it was just like it was like oh my god you're so nice and then we talked about the Lady Bird score and how upset he gets when editors have to deal with the temp score the thing that they put in place mm-hmm. just to like we need to edit something and they're like can you make it sound a lot like that temp score that we had and like yeah, that was right. his big issue but yeah John Breon, still will go down as one of the most underappreciated pop producers of all time yeah. between that and of course light registration by Kanye because <laughs> he was the man that did all the string work on that and made right. that album absolutely saying, but that's on its own subject. John Brian should work with Rivers Cuomo, and by that I mean he should not. Because... Uh, <laughs> I'd be, I'd, you know, honestly, I'd be curious to see hear what the experiment was. At this point, I'd be curious uh, to hear what yeah. the experiment is. No,
2: at this point, he'd be wasted on Rivers Cuomo. I
1: know, because legitimately, like, between, I mean, when I said the Chainsmokers thing in the main cast, mm-hmm. I really feel like that's a thing that could happen. He is, like, legitimately yeah. At that point. Not I part just, of, like, brainless, no. yeah. mindless, like, vapid pop music. I just, I just find
0: myself wondering, like, I mean, because if, if, like, if if John Brian looked at The as a reclamation project. Okay. You know, it, it's, it's, I mean, honestly, it's similarly to the way Tarantino made, you know, many of his early films. So it's like, I'm going to grab this star that people have forgotten about, and mm-hmm. I'm going to show you
1: something new about them. Yeah. Like... Like Big Daddy and Django Unchained. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. you know,
0: you know, Travolta. It's you know, whoever. It's you know, and it's just like he's true. He did completely
1: reinvent Travolta. Right, like, which is it good was, because he got hairspray out of that.
0: Yes. <laughs> well, you see, hey, look, you look. Tarantino promises a reinvention. Doesn't promise that you will you will make
1: the best use of
0: it. <laughs> Battlefield Earth.
1: Yeah. Uh, but, oh but, God. Right. Yeah. Side note: uh, I think in season four, and keep in mind, season four is probably going to be like a five-episode season or whatever. Mm-hmm. But one episode we would like to do. Tarantino soundtracks mm-hmm. that's a good that's a good yeah mm-hmm. yeah. It'd be, be... it'd be very different for us but yeah. I think it'd be really cool I know because there's some films that you haven't seen
2: only like two okay the, the most recent ones I haven't seen uh, Hateful Eight or Django Unchained or did you see Proof*?
0: yeah okay that's really don't really have a soundtrack to it though, like really, like I mean, and it
1: doesn't. But they put out a soundtrack anyway. But yeah. it's just like I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Rivers I mean, Cuomo, if you're listening to the podcast, number nine. Yeah, yeah, what would you say is your favorite Tarantino film? That's the next thing we need to. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, any other thoughts? Any stories? Any other things? Uh, Anyone see him live?
0: I uh, no, I've never, never seen them live. I um, was not at Riot Fest this week, so... It's um, funny, They yeah, they just... Mm-hmm. Didn't they play Riot Fest last night?
1: So the night before we recorded this podcast in Chicago, they did play Riot Fest, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, did the Blink-182 cover and got a decent amount of things, but also their play, they headlined Riot Fest, so they knew their fans. They knew they weren't going to go into a lot of specific daydream cuts. They knew what yeah. you know, yeah. they wanted. Yeah. Unlike unlike uh, our good friends Paramore, who recently retired one of their biggest hits, they recently retired "Misery Business" from their uh, tour set. They don't want to play that song anymore. So I thought it was interesting. You know, they've been playing it for like fifteen years. They have enough other hits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ain't it fun? Yeah, as long as they're
2: still doing crush, crush, oh crush. Oh my I'm god!
1: Trying. There was the random fucking thing that happened this week though, because uh, there's this one blog where I look at you know various albums, and I wound up getting uh, this out. Al- I haven't heard for a while. I do remember it coming out the Muppets album, mm. which was basically rock bands doing interpretations of classic Muppet songs. Uh, oh, okay. cool, great, okay, awesome. Okay. okay, Go does phenomena. Right, uh, and we could talk about Okay Go for a little bit too. There's a no, lot to say. Okay, uh, but more importantly though, randomly on there, there was the Rainbow Connection. By Weezer, featuring Haley Williams, ah, and right. uh, you know it turned out very orchestral and very right. harpy and very light. And then eventually it, do, it went into the whole rock band thing, and Haley was just there. I don't know what she was doing there. It mm-hmm. was, a, it was it's an like having to be in the room. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was like a
2: Janelle Monae on fun kind of situation. Oh my God. It's like why are you even here? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, remember uh, that? Yeah, barely. Janelle
1: Monae was on the number one single. Uh. By Fun. Like fun yeah like, yeah. like yeah. literally yeah. for fun.
2: 15 seconds yeah. and I, she just like she wasn't even like really
1: singing remember, that hard remember when nate roos tried to have a solo career that was so fun <laughs> yeah. and then jack antonoff actually had an amazing production career yeah he produced the lord album he cause... produced the saint vincent album mm-hmm. like just so much good stuff yeah what are you listening to these days Will? uh these
0: days uh, he, uh i've been a uh, friend of mine introduced me to greta von fleet which okay oh, yeah we really enjoy greta von fleet. Uh, but it's also an element of like, of like, well, yeah, it's a, it's a let's up and cover band. It's not, it's not. They're good. They're, I mean, they're actually good on their yeah. own. But it's like clear, it's it's clear the sound that they're creating. Yeah, listen to them. Uh, a lot of Nika Case's new album. Um, yeah, well, and all artists Rivers should collaborate with. Yeah, uh, well, and so a lot of it is also so my son, um, again, is, is six. Like he's been on like a. Beatles kinks thing oh, for like oh the past goodness. six months. So Kinks, too? Kinks, yeah. Oh my god, that's yeah. awesome. yeah. Uh, we are the Village Green
1: Preservation <laughs> Society. Mm-hmm. Uh
0: Yeah, so, uh, so there's been a lot of that in the household. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, I feel it,
1: like I feel like Rivers sees himself as a John Lennon when in fact he's a Paul McCartney and just can't admit that to himself that's, I, that's what I think
2: he's a Ringo <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> he's a Ringo and he can't admit it to himself
1: yeah mm-hmm. he thinks he's a Paul yeah <laughs> right well in that case I think we've reached the apex of our podcast right uh, in the meantime though uh, I will say if you have thoughts please uh, especially if you have a ranking leave it on our Facebook page we'd appreciate it if you agree or disagree in any particular way We'd love to hear it in the form of an iTunes review. And you can leave us a partial ranking, because we know you haven't listened to Pacific Dream. <laughs> we have <laughs> we, okay. we know the facts. We know the facts, and we're sticking to them. I'll also, follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Stitcher and SoundCloud and all those places. And most importantly, though, Bilal, thank you for being here. Yeah. Really, yeah, truly. Glad. glad to be here. Yeah, it was great. Taryn, as always.
2: Yeah, you
1: know. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be here. Yeah, darn right. Well, in that case, uh, please keep on listening because you know that we'll be... Have a good one, guys, and good uh, Bye! Bye. 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 I like the